Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hello, and welcome to episode number 51 of the People Powered Business Podcast. So fabulous to have you here today. Welcome, and thank you for joining me here on the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee, and each and every week here on the People Powered Business Podcast, we dive in to uncover the secrets around our team. We look at all the strategies and tactics we can employ as business owners, leaders, and managers to really unleash the power of our people. Because I know that like me, you didn't get into business for your love of HR documentation, for your love of complying with the legislation, or even necessarily for your love of managing people. But you can't build a successful business without a great team. And here on the podcast, we're all about sharing the strategies and tactics to help you do that so that you can create your very own people-powered business that delivers you the success and the freedom that you desire. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. It's so great to have you here. And if you're a returning listener and you find this or any of our other episodes super valuable, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with others, share it with a friend in business who you think might be interested, and even go as far as to leave us a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. I would be eternally grateful. Today on the podcast, we are talking about those conversations. We're talking about why avoiding the conversations is bad for your business. Do you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about those conversations? These are the conversations that leave us with a pit in our stomach, that feeling of just feeling ill thinking about having these conversations. These are conversations that keep us up at night. We wake in the middle of the night stressing about having to have this discussion, dreading it. We might even actively avoid a certain member of our team over fear of having these tricky conversations. We may get sweaty palms. We may feel anxious. Our heart rate might race. We might even, and I've literally known a client to do this, actually not go into the office purely to avoid one of these conversations. Have you ever felt any of those feelings before? I know I have plenty of times. And whilst I'm sharing with you today on the podcast how we can be better at having those conversations and how we can make sure we don't avoid them. I know it's not necessarily easy. I get it. These are not conversations that you are ever going to absolutely love having. They're probably not conversations that you are going to run towards (laughs) unless you're slightly odd and really enjoy confrontation. So what are these conversations? Put simply, these conversations are tricky discussions with our team members are things that might be challenging, things that might be awkward, things that could be confrontational. And they can show up in a whole different number of ways within our business. These might be conversations about a staff performance or a a conduct issue in the workplace. 
You know those discussions you have to have when you let someone know that they're actually not doing so great or that they've made a monumental error or that the way they're behaving is just not appropriate? These are conversations where you might feel uncomfortable and perhaps don't know exactly what to say. You might have had a conversation with someone in your workplace before around something really awkward like personal hygiene. These are these conversations. These conversations might be about resolving complaints or grievances in the workplace, dealing with a bullying issue, for example, where you're trying to conduct a situation where you can resolve a conflict between other members of your team. Perhaps you have to bear bad news. Maybe it's about changes in the business. Maybe you need to terminate someone's employment. Perhaps you have to make them redundant. Maybe you need to let them know that their role is no longer going to exist. These are these conversations. Perhaps you have to deliver some difficult information about the direction the company's chosen to go in that you know is not going to land well with either a team or a particular employee. And maybe you just have to deal with discussions that generally are surrounded with uncertainty, that you don't have all the answers to, that you actually don't know what to say when your staff are going to ask questions and you know they're going to ask questions. Most of us only have to think about about 12 months when we had to have some of these conversations, when we had to say, we have to close our doors, we don't know for how long and we don't know what's going to happen. They were not conversations we wanted to be having. Yet, all of us had to step up and have those in that time. So when I talk about these conversations, these are conversations that are not easy. These are conversations that present a whole range of feelings and emotions for us as the leaders who need to have these conversations. However, these conversations are a really important part of being in business. Being a leader is not always easy. Of course, my goal here on the podcast each and every week is to definitely make it a bit easier for you, but there are always going to be times when we have to do tough stuff. I heard a quote listening to another podcast recently, and I thought I'd share it with you. It's a quote by T. Harb Elka, and it says this, if you're willing to do only what is easy in life, then life will be hard. But if you are willing to do what is hard, life will be easy. So if we take the easy road each and every time and we avoid these conversations because it's easier to avoid them, business is going to get hard. Things are going to get worse. But if we can prepare ourselves and arm ourselves with the right strategies and techniques to have these conversations, to choose to do the hard things, to be willing to have the hard conversations, here's the good news. Being in business, having a team and leading your people is going to get easier. It might seem counterintuitive, but I know for certain that it is a fact. When I had my large consultancy business some years ago, and on this particular scenario, it's probably about 13 years ago, I avoided tough conversations. <laughs> like many of you, I would rather crawl into the fetal position in a corner than have a tough conversation with a staff member. I was much better at helping other businesses do it than I was ever good at doing it in my own business. I wanted to keep my team happy. 
I wanted to make sure there was no ruffled feathers and we worked in a really close working environment so it was particularly important. I did everything that I thought I could to keep people happy. But sometimes we do have to have these tough conversations and I faced one of these one day and I'll never forget it. And I've faced many of these, but this one has really stuck with me. Here's the scenario. We had an employee who left us to go and take on a role with with a competitor who she'd previously worked for. We left on great terms, all was well, the staff were all really friendly with her. So really great exit in the end. However, this employee or ex-employee knew that on a particular day of the week, I worked from home. During this time, I had very young children, uh, probably one baby at the time and a toddler. And so there was one day a week that I would work from home. On that day, every week, this person would arrive at our offices to have a catch-up, unplanned, unbooked, to decide she'd have a catch-up with our team. And she'd just turn up, wander in, wander around to our back office area where all of our confidential information was, just to have a chat. However, she worked for a competitor and each and every one of the clients we were working on at the time was always displayed on a whiteboard as we did during the business at that time. So we all knew where things were at and which clients, who was working on, all that kind of thing that's pretty typical in a back end of an office where you're all working together. And she would wander around and whilst she was chatting to the team, it was observed that she was paying particular attention <laughs> to this whiteboard. And ultimately the team brought it to my attention and wanted me to do something about it. They were uncomfortable with it. And so how great were they as a team? They, they were uncomfortable with it. They didn't have to be. It's not their business. But they felt uncomfortable and they knew that I would be uncomfortable with it. So they tentatively raised it and asked me to deal with it. Do you think I dealt with it straight away? Hell no. <laughs> I put that conversation off for longer than you want to imagine because it was going to be awkward because I was going to have to contact her and say, stop turning up at the workplace. It sounds childish. It sounds schoolyard, but my team wanted me to stop her turning up because they felt uncomfortable. So ultimately, after this going on for weeks and weeks and my team screaming at me to sort it out, I had the tough conversation. How well do you think it went? Terribly. I ended up in one of our meeting rooms down the back of the office in hysterical tears the conversation went that badly because this person was not happy with me making the phone call. I didn't deliver what I had to say particularly well because I was flustered and anxious and nervous and I had no real plan other than to do exactly what my team wanted me to do. Was I wrong in having that conversation? Absolutely not. But should I have done it better? A thousand percent. Was it a good outcome? Well, team got what they needed, but I felt terrible. I had so much guilt around it and I shouldn't have. It was my business. It was my right to have that conversation and my team were absolutely right to do it. But by putting the conversation off, by this person thinking that what she was doing was okay because no one told her that it wasn't, you can imagine her reaction. And this is just one of the reasons why avoiding these conversations is bad for business, because what had been a very amicable exit became a very toxic and negative exit, which is not great. No, no business wants that. So avoiding these conversations is bad for your business. It can be bad in terms of things going pear-shaped, like the example I just shared with you, but there are lots of other reasons why avoiding these conversations is simply bad for business. Avoiding these conversations leads to nothing 
good. <laughs> if you know nothing else, then nothing good will come out of avoiding or putting off or delaying these conversations. The issue will not go away. In fact, it's far more likely that the issue you're facing is going to get worse, not better. It's not going to plateau. It's going to snowball. What you're dealing with will become huge if you leave it undone. The small factual thing that you want it to deal with becomes charged with emotion because you start to get resentful, frustrated, angry, that they can't see what's wrong, that they're not doing anything because you haven't told them. So not only is it not going to go away, not going to get better, it's going to get worse. The longer you put these conversations off, the worse it is going to get. The other challenge you can face when you avoid or put off or delay these conversations is you might actually be changing what options you have down the track. You might be limiting what you can do. Let's take the example of a performance discussion, for example. I have businesses come to me all the time seeking assistance with team members that just aren't doing the right thing. And quite often by the time they pick up and call me as a consultant, they're at breaking point. They want to know how they can terminate this person. And the simple answer is they often can't, particularly quickly, because they've avoided these conversations. So rather than being in a situation where they could legally terminate based on performance by having had these conversations as all of these performance issues arose, they haven't done it. They've put it off. They've put up with the performance or the the conduct, whatever was wrong. And when they come to me, we have to start the process again. And perhaps the employee stops doing that behavior. They've lost the opportunity to either give warnings or to terminate by failing to have these conversations. And that can happen in a whole myriad of cases where by not having the conversation, by avoiding, by delaying, you are limiting the options available to you to deal with issues. So don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Fundamentally, avoiding these tricky conversations, these tough discussions, is actually, and you might be surprised to hear me say this, actually not fair on the employee that you need to talk to. Our people want to know from us what we expect from them. They can't read our minds. They want us to let them know what we expect from them. And they want to know how they are doing against our expectations. Are they meeting our expectations? If we're not telling our employees this, how are they to know? How is it fair on them that we're withholding information that is critical to them feeling engaged and safe and trusted at work? It's information that's stopping them from being able to do their best work, from being able to be the best version of employee that they can be. How trusting do you think your employee is going to be when you raise an issue that's been happening for months and months and months and they had no idea that it was a problem? They're going to question why you haven't told them. They're going to question what else they're doing wrong. It's going to erode the trust in the relationship, the loyalty of the employee to the business, and ultimately how engaged they are with your organization. And we've spoken about engagement time and time again. Engaged employees are more productive and they deliver more profitable workplaces. It takes a team of highly engaged employees to counteract the impact of just one disengaged employee. So by not having these conversations, you are doing the wrong thing by the employee. It is not fair on them. And ultimately, it's going to reduce your engagement, which will in, which will in turn reduce your productivity and profitability. So think of it as an effort to ensure your business is on track by those measures. 
Of course, it's also not fair on the rest of the team. Think about the situation that I explained with my team. Was it fair on them that I avoided that conversation? Absolutely not. It's not fair on your team if you're failing to deal with an issue with an employee. It might be that they're picking up the slack for an underperformer. It might be that they're feeling uncomfortable due to conduct in the workplace that you're not dealing with. It might be that they're feeling resentful towards you that you are not dealing with an issue and they think, well, why should I put in the extra effort if this person can get away with it? Why would I try harder? Why would I go the extra mile? Why would I stay back and finish that project? So by avoiding the conversation, you not only risk engagement with the actual individual involved, you you risk the engagement levels of the entire team. And if you've ever been in a team and you've watched a manager fail to deal with something, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. There is no quicker way to disengage people than to have them observe poor performance going unrecognized and undealt with. So it's not fair on them. But most importantly, where it really can be bad for your business is the impact it has on you as a leader. If you're distracted by thinking about how, when, and where you need to have this conversation or about how you can possibly avoid having the conversation, like the example I gave earlier with my client who just didn't go to the office, you're not being a great leader. You're not there for the rest of your team and you're not doing the best thing for your business. Your eyes are not on your current productivity, on your current projects. Your eyes are not on reaching your goals and striving for that just cause that you want your business to work towards. Your eyes, your attention, your energy are on someone that's underperforming and your lack of action in doing that. If you've ever been stressed about anything in your life, you will know that this takes up time and energy. Thinking about it, worrying about it, being distracted by it absorbs you. It might not absorb absorb you all the time, but it absolutely takes time, attention and focus away from the things in the business that really need it, away from the things in the business that need your leadership and away from the things in the business that are actually going to help you move your business forward. And that is the main way that avoiding these conversations, these tricky, tough, awkward conversations is bad for your business. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with you a framework that's going to help you have these conversations. So it's all very well for me to say, don't avoid them. It's bad for business. But if I'm not going to give you a solution, then that's not entirely fair on me either. (laughs) So let me give you a framework that no matter what the conversation is about, no matter what the topic, whether it's performance, whether it's bad news, anything at all, you can apply this framework to help get the conversation done. I cannot promise you that it's going to be fun. I cannot promise you that it's going to be easy. But I can promise you that it's the right thing to do, that it will be worthwhile, and that it will be better for your business. Now, the first step in this framework is that you need to be courageous. You're avoiding this conversation for a reason, and unfortunately, you've got to acknowledge that you're avoiding it, but do it anyway. A little bit like that quote, do it scared. That's one of my favorites. I have that actually stuck up on my wall. You've got to face the fear and do it anyway. You've got to get yourself together be prepared, write your notes, whatever it is you need to do to feel prepared, get the courage up to have the conversation. That's the biggest step. It's often the biggest hurdle. So that's the first thing. Secondly, pick your time and place. This is not a conversation for the kitchen area whilst you're all making tea and coffee. This is not a conversation for an open plan office environment or for the warehouse. This is a conversation that may in fact be really challenging that might be embarrassing for the employee involved. 
This is a conversation for a private and confidential area. This is a conversation for a time when you both can invest in the conversation. This is a conversation for a distraction-free environment. By picking your time and your place well, you'll actually set the conversation up for success. So it is. it sounds really silly, but it's a really easy thing you can do to improve the success of this conversation. Now, when you enter the conversation, you want to be really clear. Take the emotion out of it. If you're feeling frustrated and angry, I want you to focus on the issue at hand. Be really clear about what the challenge is, what the problem is, what the news you need to deliver is, and articulate that clearly. I need to talk to you today about an issue with your performance around your customer service skills. Be very, very clear. And you also want to know what you're hoping to get out of this conversation. Why are you raising this? What outcome are you looking for? Once you've raised the issue or had the difficult chat, you want to make sure you listen. Give the employee a chance to respond and really listen to what they have to say. We are not walking in anyone else's shoes. We do not know what's going on internally, personally, within the workplace, more generally. Could be anything at all. Give them time to talk and to respond and really listen. Listen to the underlying message. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to what their fears and frustrations are. Even if they are just having a rant, listen. Give them the space to talk and show them that you are listening. It's so valuable to employees that they feel heard, even if there's nothing constructive in it. It's just that acknowledgement that you are hearing them. Now, of course, you want to be solutions focused. You want to walk into this meeting with a clear solution in mind. If it's a performance issue, you want to know how you're going to rectify it. If it's bearing bad news, what's the next step? What do we need to do next? Walk in with a solutions focused mindset. Have a clear idea of how you want this solved, but also be prepared after listening to your employees, be prepared to discuss alternative solutions that perhaps you hadn't thought of that have become clear after you've listened to them. And at this point in the conversation, you want to come to a conclusion around a solution. You want to both agree that this is what's going to happen next. This is how we're going to fix the problem. This is what we're going to do to research it further to come to a decision. Whatever the solution is, agree on it there and then. And then to close off the meeting, I want you to loop back around. Loop back to the clarity about what you want it to discuss, about what they had to say in response to that, and about the solution that you've both jointly agreed to. Once you've done that, I guarantee you, you will feel a weight lifted off your shoulders because you went in with a problem and you came out with a solution. In with a problem, out with a solution. The employee may not feel that immediate sense of relief, but they will feel a sense of thankfulness that you have informed them well about what's going on. They may not show it immediately, of course. Perhaps they're sad, perhaps they're shocked, perhaps they're angry. Give them some time, but ultimately they will appreciate your honest and transparent communication. And then If it is a performance management issue or it is something to do with their roles, my mantra at all times is document, document, document. Put it in an email, put it in writing, back to them, particularly if it's a performance issue, and say, hey, this is what we discussed. You added this to the conversation. We both agreed that this was the solution and this is how we're going to solve the problem. So everyone's on the same page. There's no, oh, I don't think I said that or you said that. It's in writing. And then you've got that on the records in case you need it in the future. 
So what I encourage you to do today is to be courageous. Have the conversations. Your business will be better for it. Avoiding these conversations will only hurt you and hurt your business and hurt your team. So whilst it will require a moment of courage, it will require sometimes acting even though you're scared, it is the right decision to have these conversations and your business will be better for it. Now, what I have for you today, if you want a little resource to help you with that process, that framework that I just shared, we've got that for you completely free. You might want to have that handy when you next have one of these conversations or use it to make notes about what you're going to say when. If you head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash tough, peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash tough, you'll be able to grab that free resource there in the show notes, or you can simply head to peoplepoweredbusiness.com and click on episode number 51, which will also take you to today's show notes where that link will be for you. So go ahead and have that tough conversation. Now, before I leave you today, I did share at the beginning of the episode that if you're loving these episodes, I'll be so eternally grateful if you could leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, just like this listener has. And I want to thank them for taking the time to leave this amazing review. Um, Apple Podcasts always give us interesting names. So Shalamalu, I believe this is from, and this is the review that we received. Easy to understand and relatable. Great way to absorb some education on this topic with beautifully presented content and a relatable host. This is an area I have avoided in my business for a long time, but listening to this podcast has made me feel like this is absolutely achievable for me to tackle. Thanks for the helpful content. Well, Shalamalu, thank you for your review. I truly appreciate it. And this is absolutely something you can tackle in your business. I believe all of you have the capability and the skills to make your business powered by your people, to really make sure that you can get the success and the freedom that you got into business for through building an amazing team and leveraging those people to achieve business success for you. And that's always what I hope to share on you here with you here on the podcast. So thank you for that review. I truly appreciate it. For the rest of you, go ahead and tackle those tough conversations. And I look forward to speaking with you next week here on the People Powered Business Podcast. 